Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Last night we had young life at our house. And at one point I said goodnight to all the youth that were gathered there. And I said, see you tomorrow in church. Of course, you don't have to come. You'll just go to hell. And I'm, I'm glad to see that Sarah brought one of her friends. She took me so seriously. She actually spent the night at our house. Didn't dare leave, I guess, and, uh, and is here. So we welcome uh, Katrina here. Welcome. You're not going to hell now. We continue our series now today on the Nicene Creed, our faith. In the very first part, I spoke of the words in Latin credo, I believe. And I said that these words reflect something far greater than simply hope. When we say, I believe, credo, where the word creed comes from, to profess from the heart. We are not saying something like, I believe that next Sunday the Patriots will beat the Eagles. Now we may have, some of us, strong hopes for that, but so did Minnesota, right? the Vikings. And so we're not saying... When we say, I believe in one God, something like, I believe the Patriots will win. Or, I believe that you and I know someone in common. When we say, I believe, we are saying something far greater. It is not a profession of the beliefs of like-minded men who have come together to say, what is it that we believe about God? Rather, when we say, I believe, we are receiving not what man has said about God, but what God, out of his love for us, and out of a desire to have a relationship with us, has revealed to man. When we say, I believe, we are professing not man's faith in God, but what God has revealed to be the faith of man. It is to receive deep within the heart what God himself has revealed to the world through his holy word and to profess it before him and all people. It's reciprocal. God reveals to us what he desires for us to know about himself that we might have relationship with him and we in turn, having received his revelation within our heart, then profess from the heart what he has entrusted to us. It's the I love you too to God's I love you. God first 
reveals to us. And we profess it back as an offering to him. And so when we say, I believe, we are actually proclaiming the revelation of God for each and every one of us. For us when we are broken. For us when we are sinful. For us when we are hurting. For us when we are suffering. For us when we are dying. For us in all circumstances, God has revealed to us, I am here. I love you. And I desire a relationship with you. I believe. I believe in one God. Now, when we say one God, we mean that there is truly only one God. As our second lesson said today, somewhere, here it is. There is no God but one. There is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. There is only one God. And that God desires a relationship with you that is eternity changing. You have such worth, such value, such dignity because God loves you and desires to know you and to have you know him personally as Father. Sometimes our earthly fathers will let us down or have let us down. That's for other uh, Fathers, Sarah and Rebecca, not, not you. No, sometimes they do. They let us down, down, and sometimes they let us down in abusive ways. Some have been abandoned by their fathers. But God the Father shall never let you down. He shall never abandon you. He desires for you to know him as a loving and perfect father. God is one. The creed of Israel from Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 6 is this. Hear, O Israel, hear, O people of God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And what does God command before all things? Not firstly that we obey him, but that we love him as he loves us. Because he desires a relationship with us that is real and that is loving. Hear, O Israel, hear, O people of God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then it goes on to say, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Every day I pray that prayer from Scripture, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And when I read the Word of God, Lord, I believe this is your Word. Place it and write it within and on my heart. I don't always have to understand the Word of God. I mean, I do, but no, I'm kidding. (laughs) But what I ask God to do is to implant it within my heart, that it may take root and bear forth fruit in my life. We are called to love God, and then Jesus tells us that if we love God, we will obey God. But he doesn't want us firstly to obey him. It is not there is one God and you shall obey him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It is you shall love him with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength as he loves us perfectly, fully, knowing each of us, as the scriptures say, knowing every hair on our head which for some of us is really not a big deal, you know. God made a few perfect heads. The rest he put hair on. It's a joke. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that all who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's because he loves us that he sends his son Jesus to save us and to be our Lord. And so the oneness of God is inseparable from the love of God. To understand that God is one is to know God's love. For the Jewish people, God is one meant far more than simply that he's the only one. It meant that God was unique. That there is no other God but him, but that there is nothing in creation that is like the creator. All of creation, even the universe in all its majesty, still is finite. All the beauty of the universe still falls infinitely short of the majesty and glory of God to whom it points. if we were to have all the glory of the entire universe, we still would fall infinitely short of knowing the glory and beauty of God.
Because nothing in creation is like God, the Creator. And so we say, I believe. With all my heart, I profess what God has revealed to his world, to his people, out of love and a desire to have a relationship with each and every one of us. What the church has received through the Son of God and through his word, I receive in my heart personally and proclaim. I believe in one God, a God who desires that I love him as he first loved me. A God that is infinitely beyond all of creation. In fact, God is infinite and ineffable. That means that no words can capture God. He is incomprehensible. He is altogether beyond our ability to comprehend him, to know him. He is inapproachable. We are not able to even approach God. And so, if God is truly infinite and ineffable and unapproachable, if we cannot even begin to attain to God because he is infinitely beyond us, then how is it that we can ever know God? From John 1.18, no one has ever seen God, that is the Father, the only God. He who is at the Father's side that is Jesus, the Son, he has made him known. And so the infinite God in Jesus became finite so that we might know him. The unapproachable God approached us in Jesus that we might know him. The ineffable God, the God of whom we cannot even speak. We call Jesus, and through him, the God of heaven, we call Father. In John 14, 8-9, Philip, one of the twelve, said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. But Jesus knew that apart from him, the Father could not be seen by any part of his creation. And so Jesus says to Philip, Have I been with you so long, and still you do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. That is, in Jesus, we know God. 
we know him as father. And here's the most important thing for us to, to take within our hearts and to allow it to sink in and to take root and to bear forth fruit. That is that in Jesus, we have a relationship with the infinite God and we can know him in Jesus. And we know him as father. And the very love that the father has had for his son from all eternity, he has for you and for me now. Because we are in Jesus. When we are adopted by faith and baptism into Jesus, we now share the relationship Jesus has with the Father. This is why we call God our Father. This is why we are bold to say our Father. Because it's, we have not earned the right to call him our Father. We don't deserve this thing. It is a gift. Because we have been adopted into Jesus, we now have the same relationship Jesus has with God. And so we call him Father, and God calls us his children. And the God that was unapproachable, we now know intimately and personally in his son Jesus. In John 17, 20 and following, Jesus prayed, I do not ask for these only, that is the twelve, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that is you and me. And so Jesus, just prior to his death, is praying to his father, not only for his friends, his disciples, the apostles, the twelve, but he is praying for you and for me. And he says, this is my prayer, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. So we are in God, taken into his life. The creed is not about knowing things about God. It's about knowing God who reveals himself to us. <clears throat> I can know a lot about somebody and still not know them personally. I know a person, I claim, I know his father's name, I know what his father did, I know his mother's name, I know his brother Andy's name, I know his sisters, and her name. I know this person's life work. I know where they went to college. I know their best, his best friends. I know how tall he was. I know his birthday, and I celebrate it. I know the day he died. I know his wife's name. This person is Jim Morrison. 
the lead singer of The Doors. Never met him, have no personal relationship with him whatsoever. But I know a lot about him. I also know a lot about Elvis. But I didn't know him personally. See, you can know all about a person and not know them personally. And so we must understand the creed. The creed is not about making statements about things we know about God. It's literally about knowing God. Do you understand the difference? If you say yes, the sermon's going to be a lot shorter. Yes. <laughs> As I told the kids last night, you can still go to hell when you die, you know. No. It's about knowing God personally and being known by him personally. Knowing his love. And knowing his love. Jesus goes on to say that the Father will love us even as he has loved him. The creator of all things visible and invisible. Visible, all of the created order that is tangible, all the things in the universe invisible, the spirits of God, the angels of God. All these things God has made in heaven and on earth, known and unknown, visible and invisible. This is the God who knows us and loves us, and in whom, and in his Son Jesus, whom we know and love. My dear friends, I'm about to end this sermon in answer to your prayers. And I'm going to go to the altar and I'm going to bid us to profess the faith of the church in the Nicene Creed. Think about these things. It's not just a statement, things that we know about God. When we profess this faith, we are literally professing that we know God that we share in his life, that we call him our Father. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.